from every other religion is he is alive today. Jesus is alive today. How many know that we serve the champion? We serve the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He is more powerful than anything that we will ever face. Amen? Amen. Turn to somebody and say, Happy Easter. Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Thank you, Lord. We welcome you today to our Easter 2021. Hey, think about where we were at last year and look where we're at today. Amen? So much in it. We're in a lot better position and a lot better place. Amen. So good to see everybody today. So good that God brought everyone here for such a day as this. Hey, my brother, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hey, we're enjoying you guys online today. I woke up thinking, everybody say hi to the Naples Church in Florida. Everybody yell. They can't see you. All right. Good to see you guys. We love you. I wrote, woke up thinking about you guys. Amen. Thinking about you guys in Florida. Boy, it'd be nice to receive a call to a pastor in Florida, especially in the winter. Somebody out there get, a, get an agreement with that. Say amen. Oh, man. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. No, we're happy. We love being in Illinois. You got to love it. You got to love it, right? Uh, kind of like the F-250 I was driving. I didn't know what I didn't have until I got an F-450. <laughs> oh, man. It's good to see everybody today. Hey, have you ever been through something, a project, or just been through something that you wish you could have a do-over or start over? You know, maybe it's painting a room or you started building a house or somebody might say raising kids. I think I could do better second time around. Raising kids or, or, or my marriage, something that you're like. Maybe it's a career. Maybe it's your career. Or maybe you started down that path in your college education and you're like, oh man, I wished it would have been this path. But you know, we've all got some of those things that we wish we could wind the clock back a little bit, don't we? Wish we could wind the clock back a little bit and have that do over. You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1.30 in the Message Bible, it says a clean state, a clean slate, and a fresh start comes from God by or through the way of Jesus Christ. I really like that. And you know, Easter is an invitation to hit the reset button, to get a do over. How many know that it can be that fresh start or that fresh time? You know, Friday night, I loved, how many got to make the Friday night shadow services? Oh my goodness, like my favorite service. It's so amazing. Um, there's no better depiction and no better scriptural reference to what really happened. I mean, it's sad, and you're reflecting, and you're feeling your sin, and you're feeling that you're, you're nailing your sins to the cross, and you know that you nailed Jesus to the cross. It's very sobering, but, we, but that's what it's supposed to be. We're supposed to remember that. But I like how Braden left it. He said, hey, we're leaving it this way where we're in reflection, but Sunday's coming. Sunday's coming. Jesus may have died on Friday, but he's coming on Sunday. Amen. And as I was doing that, I looked around. There's some of you, we, there's some of you that's been seeking God and you've been thinking, man, I might want to be a Christian. I'm kind of wanting to know more about being a follower of Christ. And you know, Friday night, some of you that were there, God like spoke to me. He, he, he spoke to you, Brian? Yeah. 
He like spoke to me and I looked around the room and he showed me people that were really reflecting and they'd been thinking about letting Jesus in their heart. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, Sunday's coming for those individuals. I saw like two or three people that the Lord said, Sunday, they're going to come to me. So I'm excited today for the people that are going to come to the chain, come to Christ today. But you might say, what does Christ do for you? How does he give you a fresh start? What's that look like? Um, I called, I, I had Sydney text a bunch of people, and these are people in our church, and this is what they said that God's new life brought to them. One person said, Kevin, 29, a, a retired pro baseball player, said this, since giving my life to Christ, I've gained a whole new perspective on how this world works. Lauren Smith, a mother and wife, said, Before Christ, I had no purpose or hope for my life. But when I found him, he gave me a vision for my life and a hope to live. And then the next person was a, a young adult, 19-year-old boy, and he said, before giving my life to Christ, I was kind of living a little reckless. I was into some uh, abusing his grace and doing some things I knew I shouldn't be doing, making some bad choices. But now Christ is in my heart, and I'm like jumping for Jesus all the time. And then a mother, Natalie Miller, third, uh, ooh, almost third of her age, mother and wife said this. Where are you at, Natalie? Uh, before living for Christ, my life was full of fear and anxiety. Now I have such a sense of peace and comfort. It's indescribable. Anybody being convinced of what God can do? And then the 19-year-old said, before I took my faith seriously, I didn't feel God was in control. And I was lost for quite a bit of years, but now I see more clearly every bit of him's coming in, in focus that he has a plan for me. So there's more and more of these stories, but that's just like half of them. How many of you say, I have a story too? There is a big difference that Jesus makes. Well, I want to talk about three things that a fresh start gives you. Three things, if you're watching online or you have your phones, um, just go to Church on the Rock Huntley and you can download the app. And there's some notes on there if you want to take some notes or you want to see the scriptures or write some things down. But the first thing that happens with a fresh start is you get a clarity about life. You get a clarity about life. I need everybody to kind of snap with me. You got to be on beat. And you got to sing with me. Don't leave me hanging. Don't leave me hanging here. Here we go. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. Come on. I can see obstacles. I can see obstacles in my way. Come on. Gone are the dark clouds. Gone are the dark clouds that have blinded me. Now enter in with me. It's going to be bright bright sunny day oh you guys are awesome so you know we get that clarity when Jesus comes to our life we get that clarity in relationships how many say you see with color you see problems different difficulties different you start seeing other people and circumstances different you see your past your present and your future everything just looks a whole lot different when Jesus comes in your life there's like this new perspective you know, in John 8, 12, it says this. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will have the light of life and will never walk in darkness. How many of you ever felt like you're kind of stumbling through life? 
You're kind of walking in the darkness, not sure where you're at, not sure where you're headed, kind of getting some bumps and bruises. How many's walked in the dark at night and you run into the wall and you stub your toe and, you, and some of us are like, man, I made some mistakes. I chose the wrong choices, whatever that might look like for you. But life's more than just walking through stumbling. God wants us to walk in the light. You know, we've got six or eight um, people that served in Iraq. If you serve from Iraq, we give you applaud today. But I was reading an article about the advantage that we had in the Iraqi war. It said the greatest advantage that the American troops had in Iraq was their ability to see in the dark. And I asked Justin Pisons about this Friday night. He's like, yeah, man. He said our bombers could do more. Our planes could do that. He said we were all equipped. All of us cr- troops were equipped with night, night vision. He said I used to wear my night vision where I would have what was called green light, where I would just see green for like two hours. And he's like, I don't know how good that was for me. But he said, yeah, that was, you know, that's how that special ops team got Jessica Lynch out. It's because they had, they could see in the dark. They could see in the night. You know, God gives us the ability to see clearly in the dark where we can confuse our enemies, where we can gain advantage, where we can secure places that we haven't been able to. How many know that when we walk in the light, that he is in the light, that we are going to win? Amen. We're going to win. The truth is most people just walk around in life confused, asking questions like, man, why don't my plans work out? Why are my relationships so darn difficult? Why things just keep happening and happening? Not only happening and happening, why they keep happening to me Why can't I ever seem to balance responsibilities and home life and priorities and my goals and my ambitions and and everything I'm wanting to do with my life? Why can't I get it right? Why am I tired all the time? Why isn't there energy? You know, when you're asking those kind of questions, it means you're not walking in the light. It means you're not walking in that, that light as he is in the light. And you know, I've found out the further I get from the light, the further away I get, the more confused I get. The more I can't see. It's as simple as that. Even in a marriage, I can tell when Carmen and I both aren't going for the Lord. It just seems like that distance comes between us. But the minute we start going back to that light, how many of you know that things get so much clearer? Our point is things get so much clearer when we, are, when, when we have that fresh start. You know, the Bible says, it says this. When you get your inside world, your mind and your heart put right, think about this. When you get your inside world, your mind and your heart. See, we think we see with our eyes. No. When you get your inside world, your heart and your mind, when you get those things right, then you can see God more clearly in the outside world. It's just, it's hard to, I always hear people say, man, I I hear them say, I never see God in my life. He doesn't ever talk to me. I don't see any answers to prayer. I don't see any miracles. In fact, one person told me Friday night that she said, I journaled all 21 days of fasting. I didn't hear anything. I didn't, I, I didn't hear anything. And, and all this, and I, li- I like it when people are real. I was like, cool. I like it that you're being real with me. But this person that told me that, they said, but tonight on Good Friday, I heard him. I heard him talk to me. I heard him say something to me, but, but people are just, I don't hear him in my life. My life doesn't make sense. Where's God light at, at and all that? And, you know, also, sometimes we question what's going on. How many have ever questioned what's going on? It's okay to do that. Sometimes we, we, things just don't seem to add up or they don't have an expectation 
ex- explanation or, or they just don't make any sense. And, and so we just get to that place that is hard to trust. But look at this 1 Corinthians 13, 12. I like this scripture a lot. People with God in their life that are walking in the light, they're always open to trust him. Now, that which we see, in other words, that which we see in the now, is as if we were looking through a broken mirror. How many say my life sometimes is like looking through a broken mirror? But then we will see everything now, but now I only know in part. But then I will know everything in a perfect way. This is how God knows me right now. See, that's where we got to trust him because God knows you right now in the then. And we're like, man, we, we don't really see where that is, but we have to trust that God knows where we're at right now. I wish somebody would have told me that a long time ago. Then I, I, I would have answered some questions for me because I was like, man, I got to have these answers before I'm going to come to God. Many questions won't get answered. I, I was like, I wish somebody told me that, you know, there's just some things you're not going to know till you get to heaven. But the Bible says this, and I'll end with this on the first point. Whoever accepts and trust God's Son gets in on everything. Life complete and forever, but the person who avoids and distrusts God's Son, he's in the dark and he just doesn't have that light of life. So brothers and sisters, when we get that start with God, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you're gonna have a clarity. You're gonna have a clarity, a new perspective in life. Number two, number two is you're gonna have a new confidence about life. You're going to have a new confidence. I really like this one. Um, uh, I was like, I told Carmen, I was like, man, I know this sermon works because I kind of got, had a spiritual battle yesterday and last night. And I was like, I, and, and when I have a spiritual ba- battle, the first thing that goes is my confidence. If the devil can make you lose your confidence, he's, he's, he's got such an advantage on you. So, so when I get hit with stuff, he, 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 he tries to take my confidence. I was like, Carmen, I know this sermon works. Because I use this sermon, and I am confident in God today, and I'm ready to go for him today. But, but you know what? There, there's so many things in this last year that could have taken our confidence away. But I want to give you four biblical truths that gives you a real confidence. How many want a real confidence? A real confidence. A, a real confidence isn't what you acquire in life. It's not your, your status in life. It's not how much money you make in life. But where's that real confidence? Uh, the first thing is this. What can give me real confidence? The first thing is that God offers to forgive me for everything I've done wrong. Everything. God offers to forgive me. I don't know about you, but I screw it up about every day. Just to be blunt with you. How many, how many else has failures about every day? And then the devil jumps on you and tells you you're this low life and how could you say you love God and blah, 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 all this stuff. And, and the Bible says this, there is no condemnation to those who belong in Christ Jesus, period. There's no condemnation. You know, condemnation, when you think about um, being forgiven, being forgiven, I think of it like a plant with roots, when I'm not having confidence, I'm usually having shame over something. I'm usually having some guilt over something. I'm usually fretting something or I'm regretting something, a choice or something. How many know what I'm talking about when you feel condemned? To me, those are like the roots that are kind of easy to pull out of the garden. How many know what I'm talking about? Fear and shame and guilt. Man, you can 
sometimes they're kind of tough, but you can kind of pull them, weed them out of your garden. But man, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a stubborn one is condemnation. It's like a dandelion. It's like a dandelion. You, gotta, you can't just pull it. It just keeps coming back uh, um, with, with, the, with just this condemnation of what you think you are and what the enemy tells you are and all this stuff, this condemnation. But, but, but man, God can even pull that root of condemnation. I think it's the most stubborn. But I want somebody to say, there is therefore no condemnation to me. Say that. Say, there's no, front, no condemnation to me. Why? Because I am in Christ. Somebody say, I'm in Christ today. So you're, you're forgiven. Don't get stuck in your past. Don't get stuck in your past. The enemy tries to get me to just think and get stuck somewhere. Don't get stuck in your past. Move on. If you don't know how to move on, like, like, like I, I'll just start saying, I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. When condemnation or whatever, just start saying, I'm forgiven. Even if you don't feel, I'm forgiven. I, I, uh, as Christ is, so am I in this earth. I'm forgiven. I'm holy. I'm pure. I'm clean. I'm, I'm all this. So that, that's, that gives me confidence. How many say knowing you're forgiven can give you confidence? Here's the second thing that can give you confidence is um, knowing where that God is going to work out all the details in my life. You know, yesterday, even as simple as getting a, um, a bed cover for my truck and calling the place in Florida and them saying FedEx has it and FedEx says they don't know where it is and then they tell you to, you got to be home to sign for the thing. And, and you're like, oh, I got to work. I got to do things. Then you take off and try to be there to sign for the thing. And they don't show up. And then you do this back. Even those little details, sometimes are like, Gee. just something so silly like that. But guys, I, I can have confidence in the future knowing that God is working out the details. The details. He's taking care of the details. We get so into wanting to cross every T and dot every I, and we want everything to be just like this. I'm telling you that God works out the details. And he said in his word that we know. Can anybody say we know? We know that God causes everything to work for the good of those. Is there anybody here that loves God? And those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Life's not all good, but God says, I can work out the details for you. Life can be out of your control, but God says, it's right in my control. When things seem like they're, they're, they're all over the place, just know God is a God of detail. If you, don't, if you ever wonder about that, just look about what he said about building the ark and building the temple. He's very detailed. So I have confidence that God's going to take care of the details. Second thing is I'm confident because I know that God gives me strength. Third thing, God gives me strength for everything that I face. The Bible says I have the strength to face all conditions, all conditions, by the power that Christ gives me. God gives me this power. He gives me strength. Listen to this. He gives me strength for each day. You know, even, even I think we get too far out in the future too many times. I think we need to concentrate on being more in the now. If you start getting in the past, you get depressed. And if you start getting in the future, you start getting anxious. Can anybody just get in the now and know that God will give us this day our daily bread? 
that he'll give me this day the strength that I need. Amen. He does that. I'm confident of that. And then the last thing on the four things that we can have confidence in, the fourth one is I know that God has a purpose for my life, and I know that he has a future in heaven for me. Because Jesus, the Bible says this, because Jesus was raised from the dead. How many believe that? All right. Because Jesus has been raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life. And we have everything to live for. Anybody out there? We have everything to live for, including a future in heaven. And that future starts right now. In other words, we don't have to wait to be happy. We don't have to wait to be joyful. We don't have to wait to be peaceful. We don't have to wait to be comforted. We don't have to wait to be content. You can have those things in the now. Jesus can bring this, this purpose and that nothing else in this life can give us. Jesus can do that. A brand new life, past forgiven, everything to live for, a home in heaven. Only God can do that. And that's what we call a fresh start. You know, God wanted us to remember this fresh start so clearly and visib visibly that he gave us a symbol of what it means to have a fresh start. How many know what that symbol is? Everybody say baptism. Baptism. Now, there's been about, I'm going to say about 14 people that's been saved. I'm talking first-time salvation, not the ones that, raise their hand every time but if you do that that's cool too if you need that assurance but there's like 12 14 people that come and get these blue altar packs at church on the rock the last two to three weeks said i want to be a follower of jesus christ i want to be saved it, it's crazy how many people are getting saved this year this is the year of harvest amen amen i believe that all right you guys that have taken these packs it's time for baptism baby it's time for baptism. That is the chance that you get to do three things. You get to be crucified with Christ, put under the water, the symbolism. You get to bury the old man under the water, and you get to raise up with Christ in a new life with a fresh start. Isn't that exciting? So, guys, I want you to, I want you to write down April the 19th. April the 19th. We're going to have a baptismal 18th. 18th? Is 18th a Sunday? Okay, April the 18th, we're going to have the baptismal right there, and uh, we're going to be baptizing lots of people. So, number one, a fresh start does this. It gives me a clear direction, a clarity in life. Number two, it gives me a confidence in life. The third thing is this, I save the best for last, is you get a new connection with God, a new connection. The Bible says this, now that we've been put right with God through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. He's brought us into this faith into which we experience God's grace, and that's where we live now. In other words, we get to know him up close and personal. Braden, as you're coming today, we get to know him up close and personal. We get that brand new connection. We've been put right with God. Man, I love Romans 5. I say it almost every day. Therefore, being justified by faith. Justified means declared not guilty of any wrong. Therefore, since I've been declared not guilty, I've been justified by faith. 
I am now at peace with God. And I found out, man, when I get at peace with God is when I can get at peace with myself. I'm now at peace with God, and I've been given access. I've been given access into, the gro- into his throne of grace. How many know it's a throne of grace, not a throne of judgment, not a throne of criticalness? But when, when I, I get access into the throne of grace, and the Bible says this, wherein I can stand, I can be firmly planted. Amen? Knowing that any tribulation I go through works experience. Experience works patience. Patience, hope. And hope makes us know that we don't have to be ashamed before God because the Holy Spirit shouts in our ear and on our spirit, God loves you. God loves you. Did you know one of the duties, one of the responsibilities, one of the things the Holy Spirit does according to Scripture is he constantly says, I love you. God, I love you. He pours the love of God out into you. And so now I can, the Bible says in Romans 5, 11, so now I can rejoice in this wonderful new relationship with God because the Lord of Jesus Christ, look at this, has made me friends of God. How many want to be a friend of God? You know something that I hate and God hates is religion. 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 It's a relationship. It's a relationship that we get to have. With every head bowed and eyes closed today, I want to ask you something. Nobody looking around. Do you know why you're alive right now? You were made so God could love you. The reason you're breathing right now, you feel your blood pressure, your chest is going in and out, it's because God made you so he could love you. The fact is God didn't need any of us. He's God. But he wanted a family. He wanted a family so bad. He wanted a family. He wanted a friendship. You were made to be in relationship with God. It's not to live to be 80 or 90 years old on this earth. God wants to keep you with him forever. See, that's the purpose of life, to know God and to love God. If we miss that, we miss the whole purpose of life. We're not putting this world to just grow up and go to school and earn a lot of money and then retire and die. Oh, no, we're put on this earth because God created us to love us, and he wanted a family. He loved us first, and he wants us to take a time on this earth to make a choice to love him back. You know what? Every head bowed, think about this. I just want you concentrating on the words here. He knows everything about you. He's seen every part of your life. Think about this. He saw you when you were formed in your mother's womb. He saw you take your first breath. We think this is just for parents. He heard your first word. He saw your first step, your first skin knee, first mistake. Hey, boys and girls, he saw your first kiss. Watched and saw every detail of our life. He knows everything about you. And he still loves you. That's what blows my mind is he still loves me. You know, so many times when people get to know you, they don't love you anymore. God loves you. God loves you. 
And he says, I want you to know me and I want you to have a connection with me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know why you're here today. God brought you. He brought you. He wants you just to sit still just a few more minutes so he can say, I made you so I can love you. And I want you, I want you not just now, but I want you for eternity. And I don't want you to miss that point of life. Nobody looking around. This one came to my heart this morning when I was praying. Some of you have been hurt by so-called Christians, so-called people they say that they love God and they go to church every week. And you're like, if that's what God's like, no thanks, no thanks. Man, I just want to tell you, that's not what God's like. Please don't let people's stupidity, a stupid person being stupid, keep you from an amazing God. You know how many things are done in the name of God that God never did? Don't let the phonies keep you from the real. Don't let anything keep you between you and God. Right where you're at, say yes to God. Say yes to God. You hear him knocking at your door. I know you do. Your heartbeat is racing. You're breathing heavier. You're feeling like you need to make some, you need to do something. Here's what it is. You need to just give your heart to God and say yes to him. Just say yes to him. You might think you're hopeless or helpless or you have a dependency. You may feel unworthy. You may think you're too old or too young, too bad or too good. You may think you don't need God, but I'm telling you, you do. You know, so many people are like, well, I know that some people commit, can commit the unpardonable sin. I think I've committed the unpardonable sin. No, you haven't, because if, you if you're worried about it, you definitely haven't. So now, no matter where you're at, what's happening in your life, who you are, I'm telling you, God wants a relationship with you. You say, well, okay, okay, well, how do I do it? The Bible says this, and if you want to peek up at the screen, the Bible says this, open your eyes and see how good God is. Blessed are you who run to him. Blessed are you who run to him, who see how good he is and say, man, I'm going to him. Somebody said to Helen Keller one time, it must be a tragedy to be blind. She said, it's even a greater tragedy to have eyes and not see. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that eyes would open to the goodness and the love of God today. I pray that people will say yes to him today. Lord, I pray they will see with their eyes and feel with their heart how much you love them. Lord, I pray that they will understand the main thing, to know God on this earth, to know God and receive eternal life and life abundantly now. Jesus, with outstretched arms on a cross, said, this is how much, this is how much I love you. 
Jesus said on a cross, I would rather die than to live without you. There's no way, man. There's no way you can say no to that. The creator of this universe said, I would rather die. And he did that so I could live with yours. Do what this scripture says. Open your eyes to the love of God and run to him today. Run with it to him today. When you came in, you were handed an insert. Grab that insert. If you uh, didn't have an insert, you can even find it on your phone. Again, it's Church on the Rock Huntley. You can find it on the phone. If you're watching online, you can find it on your phone. But I want you to scroll down to the ending of the sermon. And if you have the insert, I want you to open up to the inside, to the very bottom. And there's a prayer in there. There's an ending prayer on there. Before we read that, I want to read Lamentations 5.21 if it would come on the screen. Bring us back to you, O God. We're ready to come back to you. And we're ready for you to give us a fresh start. If that's you today, if that's you today, you can answer and say, that's me today. I want to, I want to read this prayer aloud by myself without you the first time. I want you to think about it. Dear God, I want a fresh start today. I'd like to have more clarity and confidence, but most of all, I want a new connection with you. God, thank you for loving me and sending your son Jesus to die so that I could be forgiven. Help me to understand it more. Jesus, as best as I know how, I want to get to know you and I want to learn to love and trust you. I want to invite you into life to be the manager of my life from this day forward. Thank you. Amen. That's a prayer that I kind of prayed about 33 years ago, and it stayed with me to this day. And that's a prayer that you can pray. I want you to hear it first, but that's a prayer that you can pray. So everybody together, everybody together, as we all get a fresh start, as we all get a new beginning, if you'll put that prayer on the screen. I want to read it together. And some of you are making this prayer for the first time. Man, I feel this again. The Lord told me Friday night that some of you came and you were reflecting. You feel like you're dead in life, that nothing's happening in life for you. And I just kept hearing the Holy Spirit say, Sunday is coming. Sunday is coming. Jesus is coming for you. I really felt that strong. So if you're praying this for the first time or you're just redoing again, let's pray this together. Dear God, wait, that's, that's not the prayer, I don't think. That it? Sorry. Let's pray this together. Dear God, I want a fresh start today. I'd like to be more and more clarity and confidence, but most of all, I want a connection to you. Thank you for loving me and sending your son Jesus to die so that I could be forgiven. Help me to understand it more. Jesus, as best I can, I want to know how I want to get to know you and I want to learn to love and to trust you. I invite you to be the manager of my life from this day forward. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord a hand clap today. Because I know that some people prayed that for the very first time. We're going we're gonna to seal that prayer. We're going to seal that new fresh start. We're going to seal that new commitment, that new beginning with communion today. How many received communion when you came in? Grab those. Grab those today. I wouldn't mind having one if we got an extra. If you don't have one, lift your hand up. If you didn't grab one when you came in because you're like, well, I'm not a believer, but you are a believer now because you prayed that prayer, lift your hand up and say, man, give me one of them things. Give me one of those things. Praise God. Praise God. Anybody else need one of these? When you get it, you can go ahead and separate it. That, that uh, pink thing comes off. That pink part comes off the top. I always have the hardest time with this thing. Can I have somebody's readers? Somebody bring me some readers. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, it's a blessing to get older. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. How's this look, guys? Whoa, I can't see anything. <laughs> thank you, dear. All right, we got the bread. Now then, open up the rest of it. You guys are saying, you, you know, if you've grown up in church, people, a lot of churches that do communion, it's like so solemn and so serious. I think communion ought to be a shouting time, a rejoicing time, because what we're remembering is the bread and body of Christ. Okay, everybody take this bread and hold it up and say, Jesus, you're the bread of life. When I eat this, I'm remembering I'm alive. I want you to think about this. Jesus was beaten. His body was beaten. And it's by those stripes that you're healed. So say, Lord, thank you for this bread and how your body was stripped and beaten. That's how I'm spiritually healed, physically healed, and emotionally healed. Somebody say amen. That's another thing I pray every day. Thank you, Lord. You've healed me spiritually physically and emotionally every day so let's take and eat Jesus the bread of life we thank you for the bread in Jesus name and then he said take the cup of the new covenant he said in my blood blood is how sins were washed away and as you drink this remember that though your sins be as scarlet like a stain on a white blouse they can be white as snow. How many know that you can be clean today? Right now, just say, Lord, thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for new beginnings. Take and drink in Jesus' name.